from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from the ESPN studios at Pier 17 in the Seaport District of New York City, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. We've said it all week. Certain times in the NFL are about legacy. They're about the future, and they're about changing the conversation. We saw a lot of that last week about particular teams and particular stars. The question is, what's on the line this week at the quarterback position for every single team? We're going to break it down. Fitz and Harry, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. It's a little warm in the studio, Harry. I, uh, I had to take the uh, I had to take the hoodie off. So now all of a sudden, <laughs> Harry's in a suit, and I'm in a T-shirt. By the end of this thing, I don't know. I might just be in a swimsuit, just sitting here with my feet up. I, I, well, I can't. it feels really, really good in the huddle room right now at Seaport. So I want to give a shout-out to everyone who set up things for me to be able to do the show from here today. Uh, uh, you mean a lot to me. By the way, you mentioned it's the huddle room. Yes. Is there is that an actual that is an actual New York City behind you? That's not a backdrop. That is real time New York window. You got like a pretty window back there, like cars yes. driving by. Uh, we're in Seaport, New York, right yeah. outside. You have the big boat and you have the buildings and stuff. Right behind there is my my hotel. Where I would just walk right across the street. And come over here. Well, a lot of times I always think that, like, sometimes in these these situations, maybe it's a little backdrop. But I just realized I see all the cars moving. So this is yeah. you got a window behind you. You can see daylight and like the, the that's, city. That's, a, that's enough. Are I you? Think that, I think that's enough. Okay. Are you going to the garden tonight? Like, you're going to go hang out? No, There's- I couldn't. I couldn't get tickets, man. I was trying to find some tickets to you know the Boston Bruins versus the New York Rangers hockey game, and you know I couldn't get tickets for free. You you couldn't get tickets, <laughs> right? Right. He said I couldn't get tickets. <laughs> dot, 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 dot. For free. For free. Man, you're Harry Damn Douglas in that city. I would think somebody somewhere knows somebody. We all know the game isn't over till it's over. So next time your car breaks down, don't call it quits. Head to eBay Motors. They got 122 million parts to take your car into overtime. Look, I don't know anything about cars, but 122 million parts seems like a light, a lot. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. All right. <laughs> <laughs> It never gets any better. Uh, Harry, uh, we like to talk about drama. We like to talk about legacy. And we like to talk about what's on the line. So what do That's you right. say we take a look at this weekend's playoff action and figure out what's on the line for every single quarterback in the game? I done sat up in my seat. Let's oh, go, baby. Oh, Let's do this. The music is playing. NFL primetime feels like it's going to come anytime. Let's go, and we'll start the matchup of the weekend, the one everybody's got their eyes on, maybe the biggest matchup of all of the playoffs, maybe the greatest game in the history of man. Okay, I oversold it. Josh Allen playing for the Bills. Does Josh Allen, in your mind, have anything on the line with the way he plays this weekend? He does, because Mm. coming into this season, the Buffalo Bills were the favorite to win the Super Bowl. That hasn't changed. Has that changed throughout the season? Has that changed for you? No. Has that changed for anybody who watched football this season? No. That has not changed. They were the favorites to win the Super Bowl. They were the favorites to win the AFC. Now, in this matchup, Josh Allen is going against a guy named Joe Burrow, who has reached the Super Bowl already in his second year. What we do know about this football game is that Josh Allen can't be the reason why Buffalo loses if they, if they per se loses, like we've seen in 2020 in the AFC Championship game versus the Kansas City Chiefs when he was taking unnecessary sacks. He was turning the football over, and he wasn't putting his team in a great position to be successful and missing throws here and there. So, This matchup against Cincinnati 
is going to tell us a lot about Josh Allen moving forward. Yeah, I, if I had a gospel choir I could bring in just to sing Hallelujah behind you, I would because everything <laughs> you just said was the gospel truth, right? Like, <laughs> I'm just saying, look, Joe Burrow's got nothing on the line in this game for his legacy because he's doing things with the Bengals that the Bengals organizations never, never right. see. So we're just going to throw Joe Burrow off of this list. He's got nothing on the line. Josh Allen has a lot on the line in this, depending on the way this game works out because we always say it's not whether you win or lose in this point. It, it's the conversation around it. If if the Bills lose, fine. And Josh Allen plays the, the, the game if of his life. If he played like he played against Kansas City last year um, in the divisional round and the Buffalo Bills lose, then hey, you can live with that. But if he goes out there and plays like he did last week and they lose, Ooh, I promise you we're gonna on have Monday some fun morning, on this show. I promise you the we're topic Monday will show. be can Josh Allen get the Bills over the hump? Like the teeter-totter started really low. The seesaw started really low on Josh Allen. No one wanted to give him credit. Now it's all the way up. If he's the reason they lose a playoff game, that thing going to sink like a fat kid in fifth grade sitting across from somebody that's tiny. All right. The next quarterback. A seesaw. <laughs> Look, I was the fat kid on the seesaw. Saw this is a very personal oh, yeah, analogy. Oh, oh, you're the reason why little people like me couldn't get down, huh? Oh man, no, like no, you know I'm what on the it, other end, stuck in the air. You know, it feels like to, to never like nobody wanted to get on the seesaw with me. I'm a fat kid, like <laughs> like when they get on the seesaw, there's no ride. It's just gonna sit there. I'm to, not getting on with Big Papa Puff. Oh, no man. way. <laughs> Papa <laughs> oh, if I ever start a rap career, that's going to be my name, Big Papa Puff. Uh, what about Danny Dollars, Daniel Jones? Uh, look, la- the way he played last week, we spent this the whole Monday show talking yeah. about the fact that my man going to get paid. But what if this, what if he goes out and he's just bad in this game. We're suddenly going to turn this into the Vikings defense was the reason that he looked good and it's going to plant another seed of doubt right or wrong for Daniel Jones. I think he'll be okay. I think he'll be okay okay. when you look at the Philadelphia Eagles and what that defense has been able to do this season a top five defense. The guys that rush the pasture at a high level. You talk about um the, the secondary they have them having two guys that can lock down you know wide receivers so Darius Slay and James Bradbury. So I'm not going to look at Daniel Jones any kind of way or look at him sideways because they weren't even supposed to be in this spot to begin with. Yeah, I'm interested because New York is not a patient fan base, not necessarily a patient. Devin, real quick here. (laughs) I'll get our New York Giants fan in. Devin K, producer extraordinaire. Devin, if Daniel Jones goes, let's say, 13-38, has a terrible game, will you still feel the same about paying Daniel Jones as you did four days ago? Uh, I don't. I in the aftermath of immediate aftermath of the game, probably. But I think no, no, I, Devin. No, what? let me stop you right now because uh-huh. if Daniel Jones goes thirteen for thirty-eight, you don't want to know who I'm blaming: the offensive coordinator and the head coach. Mm, for because if throw he throwing the football times. thirty-eight times, that means you're one-dimensional. That means you're one-dimensional, and we already seen his story once. The first matchup at MetLife Stadium when they were basically one-dimensional. We've seen this story already. Listen, the Eagles are very good, so I. This game's not going to tell me much. I think Daniel Jones is the Giants guy moving forward. I don't think this game's going to change. Oh, I, I like ding, this. Ding, a little ding, perspective ding, 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 from, from, remember, you've been given the green light for the next two days to just yell anything you want about the Giants. Uh, <laughs> we're going through all the quarterbacks this weekend. Who has anything on the line? This yeah. one's interesting. Do it while it lasts, Devin. <laughs> yeah, because by Monday, this could all be gone for you. Uh, this one's interesting. Brock, oh, so pretty. And the 49ers, like... I don't know. Uh, in my mind, Harry, I feel like the 49ers yes. have their future starting quarterback, right? What's on the line for Brock to you? Well, for me, if I'm looking at this game against the Dallas Cowboys and Brock Purdy, I'm looking at last week, Cal Shanahan, and not just last week, up until the, the Brock Purdy when he took over the job, Cal Shanahan allows him to do things that he didn't let Jimmy Garoppolo do. That's saying a lot to me. 
You go win this game against the Dallas Cowboys and you can reach the NFC Championship game and potentially go to the Super Bowl, then I think the San Francisco 49ers, they have to think about some things because in my eyes, moving forward in 2023, this season coming up, Brock Purdy should be your starting quarterback, not Trey Lance. And I know you gave up a lot for Trey Lance and to draft him uh, at the third pick overall, but if Brock Purdy can lead you to a Super Bowl, if Brock Purdy can beat the Dallas Cowboys in their defense and have a good outing, you got to have these conversations if you're John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. By the way, Big Bear tweeted me and said, you little fat-ass bully. Look, I was getting bullied. <laughs> I wasn't the bully. I was a fat kid that played the violin. Like, you think I'm beating anybody up? Come on now. Oh, I agree man. with you totally. I think Brock Purdy has cemented himself as the quarterback moving forward, and I think the, the 49ers have done such a masterful job that it doesn't matter that they wasted draft picks on Trey Lance. They are the exception to the rule. Jalen Hurts, does he have anything on the line to you this week? I, I think the narrative has been shaped on Jalen Hurts. If he's terrible... Uh, if yeah. he's terrible this weekend, it'll be because of the injury. The, the Eagles have no question they have their guy moving forward. I think right? the only thing on the line for Jalen Hurts is to advance his team to the NFC Championship game, right? And once you get to the NFC Championship thing, game, anything can happen from there. and You could potentially go to the Super Bowl. Having the season that they had this year, you don't want that season to go to waste. So I know one of the things that Jalen Hurts is focusing on is being the best version of himself throwing the football and as well as rushing the football so his team have the best chance to win this game as an offense and as a team in totality. Okay, so I don't believe Trevor Lawrence has anything on the line that will change his legacy this weekend nope. for a negative. I don't well, believe. Well, hold on. Well, you said for a negative? Yeah, for a negative. Well, for a positive. You think if Trevor Lawrence wins, all of a sudden well, the glory glows? Grows? You didn't beat Patty Mahomes, the that guy that's going to win MVP of this season? That is fair. That you, is fair. It launches what? him into the Burrow combo, right? What? Yeah. What? That, I'll give you that. Yeah. What? One more time. What? I like that. Uh, okay, so Mahomes has nothing on the line, right? Because he's already been anointed as uh, the, the savior of all things. And, like, no matter if he plays terrible or not, we never blame him for anything. Well, and then you look at the stories coming into this season. A lot of people said Patrick Mahomes and uh, the, the Kansas City Chiefs potentially couldn't make the playoffs. Uh, they wanted to see what Patrick Mahomes was going to be able to do without Tyreek Hill. He's looking phenomenal to me. All right, so one more. Dak. Does Dak have anything on the line this weekend, given the way he played last weekend? Yes, he does. Okay. Yes, he does. When you look at legacy, legacy is everything, and we judge a lot of these quarterbacks by their legacy. That's why when we hear Aaron Rodgers talk about MVPs and not Super Bowl trophies, it bothers so many of us because you're judged on how you play in the playoffs, and your legacy is judged by that as well. So if Dak Prescott can go out here and ball out against the number one defense in football, against Nick Bosa, who's going to win Defensive Player of the Year in football as well, and D'Amico Ryans, who's the hottest guy uh, named to be a head coach moving forward, that's going to say a lot, not just to me and you, but to the world, Craig. Like, if if, <laughs> if Dak goes out there and wins a road playoff game on a short week against this 49ers defense, I need every single Cowboys fan to sit down, shut up, color in your book, and Ooh. write an apology letter to the quarterback Ooh. that you've tried to trash for multiple years. I mean, if he does this, this is the ultimate I told you so, stop doubting me moment. That's a little bit of what's on the line. Speaking of what's on the line, we have a massive development in the relationship between Lamar and the Ravens that could impact every team that needs a quarterback. We'll tell you about the breaking news next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. The Ravens, a one-point lead. There's never any panic. It's going to be tough. It's going to be ugly. It's playoff football. I'm always ready. 
Touchdown for Joe Burrow, and the Bengals have the lead. Hunt sticks the ball out. The Bengals have the ball. Touchdown! Eight seconds to go. The Bengals up by seven. Huntley back to throw. Batted down. Incomplete. The clock hits zero. And the Bengals are heading to Buffalo. The clock hit zero on the Baltimore Ravens season, and now the clock has hit zero on an important coach within the organization. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Breaking news. This is just in. Ravens offensive coordinator Greg Roman stepping down to pursue other opportunities per his representation. The Ravens' scoring had decreased in each of his four seasons as play caller from an NFL best 33.2 points per game in 2019 to 20.6 points in 2022. Obviously, there's been a decrease in the results, but there's a relationship there. So now, Harry, as every team around the league that might need a quarterback is looking around the room trying to figure out how to acquire Lamar Jackson, the question they're going to have to quickly get an answer to is, mm-hmm. is Lamar pro-Greg Roman or against Greg Roman? Because if he is on Team Roman, then the first thing you want to do right now is go hire Greg Roman to be your offensive coordinator so that you can so you can give the foundation that will allow you to acquire Lamar and be successful. Yeah, each one of those teams, they're going to have to do their due diligence and figure out who's close with Lamar Jackson and how he 100% feels about offensive coordinator Greg Roman. And now I will say this about about, about Greg Roman. I, I look back in the days when I was playing when he was in San Francisco with the 49ers, and we know a guy named Colin Kaepernick who played you know the, the position at a very high level under his regime and being there as the OC. And I look at the people that you know Colin Kaepernick had around him at the time, and you talk about Delaney Walker and – Vernon Davis, uh, Michael Crabtree, Mario Manningham, Frank Gore. He had more than what Lamar Jackson has right now with the Baltimore Ravens from a passing standpoint, right, from a passing standpoint. So when I'm looking at the New York football Jets, excuse me, the New York Jets, the New York football Giants. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Evan, didn't mean to do that to you. And Devin didn't mean to, you know, do your team. like going to start a whole well. fight back there. Behind the glass. Gonna but be when awful. you look at a team like the Jets, who – have the tight end or tight ends, the wide receivers, the running back, Brees Hall, granted, even though he's coming back from an injury, there are more pieces they can pour into the offensive line. You look at a top five defense and a defense that gave you a chance in a lot of games to win games. And I can just think about three games right now that if they would have won, they definitely would have been into the playoffs. Two of them was against the New England Patriots, mm-hmm. and which the Patriots scored one offensive touchdown in two games. And the other one was that last game of the year versus the Miami Dolphins with Skylar Thompson as their quarterback. If the Jets win those three games, they make it to the playoffs. I can see Lamar Jackson in a situation with the Jets. If the Jets decide not to go a certain way with, you know, Derek Carr or Tom Brady, any of those other guys that they may not want, if they want to take their chances on a younger guy that's going to be here for a little bit longer and they want to trade the assets, they want to give away you know, two or three first-round draft picks to the Baltimore Ravens, and that's the route they should go. 
So it's interesting. Uh, Evan, our producer, has done a great job of going to someone with some knowledge around the situation to get a little background. And the best that we're getting right now with some good knowledge around the team is that uh, Greg Roman and Lamar Jackson are not necessarily connected. The Ravens were struggling on offense. Roman needed to go. So that's a very simple well, view. Well, everything it. I just said. No, then. no, no. But I think it speaks to a couple of things. This is what organizations are going to have to figure out, right? Like, I think right now, if you are the Jets and you want Lamar Jackson, your first call is to Greg Roman to have honest conversations with Greg Roman about that relationship. Now, obviously, yeah. you you can't talk to another player under contract, but you can certainly find six degrees of separation, you know, to find a way to get a sense from players on what they want. Just because they're not connected in the eyes of people around the organization doesn't mean that Lamar doesn't want to go somewhere with someone he is comfortable with. I, I, I think there is a, a moment, and we're you miss, mentioned... We're missing a piece, though. We're missing a piece. What is that? We're missing a piece that maybe this is a step in the right direction for the Baltimore Ravens organization. For them to move towards, you know, patching up their relationship with Lamar Jackson, in which we've seen the last few weeks, you know, go kind of sour. You are a thousand percent right about that. If Lamar, because... And, and look, I can't... I can't be loud enough about this. My favorite team needs a quarterback right now. If you tell me tomorrow that I wake up and the Raiders have traded a bounty of draft picks to get Lamar Jackson, I'm going to buy that jersey, I'm going to wear it in here, and I'm going to be so damn happy because you got a 26-year-old former MVP quarterback that I mm-hmm. think is one of the best in the league, and he's coming in. So, like, I love Lamar Jackson's game. I do not buy any of the doubters on Lamar Jackson at all. So, that being said, I'll admit my bias to this. But if you're Lamar and you want to turn around and say – yeah, guys, I'm tired of being talked about some kind of way when that's not who I am as a quarterback. Give me a real damn offense. Well, mm-hmm. this is a statement to that. If the if the Ravens believe that they were being held back by their offensive game plan, this is a chance for them to open up and show the world. You know that, that there is some element of a quarterback that always wants to prove people wrong about what is doubted in their game. I would never fault Lamar for coming in and saying, "Let me throw the ball to real weapons instead of doing this offense." <laughs> like, let me be a normal quarterback. In which we know Lamar Jackson can throw the football, so I don't want to hear about, you know, he can't be a consistent passer. Look at what he's throwing to. Now, I'm not talking about Mark Andrews in those regards. I'm just saying he doesn't have some of the weapons. He definitely doesn't have the weapons that Josh Allen has. doesn't have the weapons that Joe Burrow. doesn't have the weapons that Justin Herbert has. He doesn't have the weapons that none of the – nor, nor Trevor Lawrence. So if we're going to sit up here and, and, and judge Lamar Jackson on his passing abilities – we also got to judge Lamar on the simple fact that he doesn't have the weapons that a lot of these younger quarterbacks that we're giving high praise for uh, for throwing the football for uh, in, in, as well. And didn't we learn a lesson? Like, I know you never get more accurate. Everybody tells me that. I know Josh Allen's the exception to the rule. But we watched Josh Allen get better as a passer. We watched Jalen Hurts take this meteoric leap this year. Why? Because you gave him incredible weapons. Like Maybe it would be nice to see what Lamar looked like if you put him in a competent passing offense. Like I don't I, know why they want to disrespect Louisville alums. I, I don't know why. Well, you know what? I, it's because it's not a football school. Oh, there you go. I mean, oh, I mean, you I'm, started you, some. You didn't started some. Mm, definitely not a basketball school. Oh, okay. It's a. It's it's a. You okay. know what? I'll say what this. Good at? Louisville athletics are everything <laughs> I thought they'd be. What we won't do on Harry's show. <laughs> what we won't do on Harry's show is disrespect the university that he went to. No, that's fair. I would not take that from you, Evan, nor Devin. Okay, by oh, the way, one of wait, wait, Evan, Shout out Evan, where'd you Katie go to school? George. 
Hofstra. Yeah. And Devin, you went to? The the St. Bonaventure University. And I went oh to Juilliard. God. What the hell do any of us have to say about actual oh athletics at college? I mean, oh they, they, yeah, there was, a, there was a period where Juilliard put out a shirt that said Juilliard. Uh, he said, uh, Juilliard he said Romeo and Juliet. He went to Romeo and Juliet School of Arts. Uh, what wow. was it he went to? Uh, the Julie, Juilliard. All right. uh, oh, I thought he said Romeo and Juliet. Uh, it's a, it's a, just a, a wonderful piece of, uh, a masterful piece of art, though. Evan, Romeo what was that school you went to again? Hofstra and the best wide receiver. Uh, I, 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 I ain't you talking about Hold the on. best. The best wide receiver in Hofstra history is better than the best wide receiver in Louisville history. Let's just call oh, it. Oh, sure? uh, who is that? Wayne Corbett, Marcus Colston, better than you, Harry Douglas. You sure? I mean, because we also have sure, Deion sure. Branch, who was a Super Bowl I'm MVP. Sure, sure. We I also am, have Deion Branch, who was a Super Bowl MVP. I am so uncomfortable Marcus with the fact Holston that, like, over Deion Branch. Sorry, like, Deion, I don't mean to be throwing strays at you, but this you guy will? Harry, like, I, y'all, you, you haven't you seen Marcus Colson over Deion Branch. Not me. You guys haven't seen Evan in person. He's a solid, like, three foot seven, mm-hmm. eighty three pounds. <laughs> And he went to Hofstra, and he's here trashing somebody that's a Louisville Hall. I don't know what's happening anymore. This is what I know. The Ravens might not be the only team firing a coach to keep their MVP quarterback. That's next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN. It's getting heated in here, y'all. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I'm Jason Fitz, hanging out with Louisville Hall of Famer Harry Douglas. Say it one more time again. Louisville Hall of Famer oh, Harry my, Douglas. My bad, Evan. I'm just putting some respect. My bad, Evan. I'm, do- I'm not doing this right, Harry. I'm just putting some respect on your name. Uh-uh, you got to use a K, respect. That's what I, that's what I did, respect. The respect. Put some I'm, respect. It's just, you know, it, it's a, I don't know why it doesn't work right for me, but, uh, you know, I'm going to keep trying. You don't know why. It's a, it's a, I can't figure it out at all. I just I just can't figure out why it's possible that respect doesn't sound as good for me as it does from one Harry oh, Douglas. Totally. I don't know uh, why. I, I can't even imagine. Uh, our, okay. Let, you know what? We need a little more culture on this show, and we're going to get that now from ESPN NFL analyst Damian Woody. Uh, Woody, always appreciate your time, man. Uh, I want your thoughts first. The breaking news we just heard in SportsCenter, we were just talking about it here. Greg Roman stepping down as Ravens offensive coordinator. When I say that to you, what do you think it means for Lamar? Uh, it could be, you know, the first domino into, you know, trying to get something done if you're the Ravens organization. I mean, we, we've been talking about with, with Lamar Jackson and this offense, how, you know, the, the passing game wasn't necessarily as, as structured as you would like as a, as, a, as a quarterback. And there's always been kind of whispers of, you know, things that uh, game plan wise that, that wasn't great as far as Greg Roman is concerned. And this might be a situation where, you know, the organization, you know, probably felt, you know what, we need to go in a new, we need to go in a different direction. We need to kind of revamp some things and and hopefully try to get something done at some point uh, with Lamar Jackson this offseason. Yeah, Woody, I look at it like this, and we've seen the things that have transpired the last few weeks with Lamar Jackson, the organization, uh, head coach John Harbaugh, and that whole debacle. And you look at a guy like Greg Roman who decides to step down, 
this could be a stepping stone in the direction that the Baltimore Ravens needed to go for Lamar Jackson, number one, to thrive as a quarterback, even more so than he has since he's been in the National Football League, but also a stepping stone for them to repair their relationship that has been rocky the last few weeks. No, I, I completely agree with that. I, I just think that, you know, anytime you talk, so much of the conversation has been, you know, Lamar Jackson against, you know, the organization, whether it be John Harbaugh or whoever the case may be. But I think if you ask any Baltimore Ravens fan, they'll tell you that Greg, you know, Greg Roman is kind of like a, 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 it's front and center as to the, the animosity is why, why things are the way they are. Um, as far as the Baltimore Ravens offense is concerned. So, this, again, I think this might be the, 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 the first domino to drop in, hopefully getting things prepared and, and, and getting Lamar Jackson, you know, re-signed in, in, uh, in Baltimore. All right, so let me ask both of you this question. We're talking to Damian Woody. I got two guys that know this game better than I ever will. I got Damian Woody, Harry Douglas sitting with me. I'm giving you the choice right now. You are, I'm making you the GM of, let's say, any team. I don't know. Conveniently, maybe my Raiders in this situation. Any team. I'm just asking you, the question, trying I'm, to throw I'm in your you, Raiders in there. Well, no, because like I'm making you the GM. <laughs> I'm giving you the choice. You can trade draft equity and go get your Lamar and give him guaranteed life-changing money, or you can sit there in the draft and take Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. What, what, who would you rather have, knowing what it costs? Well, well, I think it's. I think where are you at in development? Where are you at as an organization? Is, is something that you got to answer as well. If you're a team that's, I give you an example. If you're a team like the, like the Jets, right? You got you got pieces in place. You got a a top five defense. You got pieces on offense, and all that you're missing is the quarterback. Yeah, I would I would absolutely go after Lamar Jackson. I would say damn those picks and and uh and sign them to that to a massive deal, knowing that. Okay, we just solved. You know, we solved the biggest, uh, the biggest piece of the puzzle. Getting a 26-year-old former league MVP, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Now, if you're like the Houston Texans and you're like you're basically in rebuild, I don't think you make that move. You start with the, you know, get the young cheap quarterback and continue to build build around it. D Wood, we we heard. Julian Edelman yesterday, former Patriots wide receiver, say that Tom Brady and his future would not be in Tampa Bay. Where do you think is the best fit for Tom Brady moving forward if he decides to continue to play football? Man, for me, I think the most logical would be the Raiders, right? Because of this, you know, the way, you know, Josh McDaniels is out there, the GM comes from New England. It's basically like New England West uh, with the Las Vegas Raiders. And, you know, obviously you got Brady and Josh McDaniels, who was his offensive coordinator for so many years. And so they share the same same type of vision. I'm sure that, you know, being out in Las Vegas, no state income tax, you know, players always think about that type of stuff. And, and Brady will probably recruit some guys to come out there and play with, uh, play with the Raiders as well. So that seems like the most logical fit. But you, Harry, you know how this thing goes, man. Like, there's always going to be a one or two surprise teams that just, you know, come out of the woodworks that 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 come out and surprise everybody. But but let me let me push back on one thing, Woody, because I thought you said really smartly this morning on first take. 
You were talking about the situation Brady went to where he had a great defense and great weapons. And, like, that was a really good Tampa Bay team, right? Like, everything, mm-hmm. they just needed a quarterback. That feels a lot more like the Jets and the Ra- The Raiders are nowhere near where Tampa Bay was. The Raiders are a dumpster fire defensively, said as a, a huge fan. Like, I just don't understand why Brady would want to go somewhere that gives him less chance than the Bucks did when he went to Tampa Bay. Well, I'm just saying the reason why, for me, the Jets don't make it. I, I just don't believe Brady would go play for the Jets. I think Brady has a, a real animosity towards the, the Jets organization. Like, I just don't think he, you know, after all those all those years playing the AFC East, I don't think he was just like, oh, yeah, let me go play with, you know, like the Patriots' main rival and, and be the quarterback there. I just don't th- I just don't think they'll make that move. Now, if you look at it from, like, the, the – you know, the things that I've talked about, top five defense, offensive weapons, all that type of stuff, yeah, it actually does make some sense. But I just think that his relationship as far as when he was in the AFC East, I don't think he'll make that move to New York, man. I just don't – I don't think so. All right, I got to ask you. No, 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 no. D. Okay. Wood, D. Wood, let me ask you okay, this. Okay, okay, okay. D. Wood, you played with Deion Branch, right? Yep. We call him Dirty. That was one of my mentors when I went to Louisville. And you remember the receiver Marquise Colston that played with the New Orleans Saints, right? Yes. Yep. If you had a pick between those two wide receivers, which wide, which wide receiver are you picking to play with? Man, like I, I love both of them, man. Like, man, I, like how can I pick against my guy? Say, Dion? say it like, loud. L- say it like, loud and proud. We, Louisville alum. Say it like, loud and proud. I can't. I can't I can't. I, I can't pick against my 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 guy D. Branch, man, the guy that I won Super Bowl. You know who was won the Super Bowl with. I, I just I can't do that, man. I can't do that. Although I respect the hell out of Marcus uh, Colson for what he did and the career he had with the New Orleans Saints. He had a hell of a career. Uh, but I got to go with my guy D. Branch. See, they tried to have Fitz make you pick between me and Dion, who both went to Louisville, but you played with Dion. You see, what I'm saying like. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, it's all good. We were just trying to make this wildly awkward for yeah, Harry. Yeah, that yeah. was all they, we were trying, trying to do. That's what they was trying to do. Uh, that's what they was trying to do. Not... Did we lose Woody? I think we lost Woody. He was there. All right. Well, <laughs> Damian Woody, ESPN NFL analyst, uh, did a great job, by the way. We, we tried to like we tried to cram him in there. Y'all think uh, y'all did, slick, we, man. Look, Boy, I, I tell you. I'm, I'm Ron Burgundy over here, right? I'm just well, straight I'm hot up. coming off first take. Y'all play with me if you want to. I, I, you know what? I'm just I'm just sitting here like Ron Burgundy telling San Diego what to do. Hostra. Uh, well, however to, you pronounce the damn school. Tune into NBA action tonight. The Celtics host the Warriors. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. Speaking of awkward for Harry, another <laughs> Super Bowl champion stealing, stealing, just flat out blatantly thieving from Harry Douglas. You'll hear about it next. There's going to be beef. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. You gotta win MVP again. In the right situation. Why are you thinking MVP? Like, don't you want Super Bowls? Like, Super Bowls are, are I think, five times greater than a, than an MVP award. Eh, that sounds familiar. At some point, Aaron Rodgers, the individual, has to come second to the team of the Green Bay Packers. Who cares about you winning MVP again? Who cares? 
the, the, the years he won MVP, did they win the Super Bowl? No. Did they make a Super Bowl? No. So why do we give a damn if Aaron Rodgers wins another MVP? Because Is that the story that's going to change his legacy? Winning another MVP? I mean, all we're asking for is a little credit. For example, I'll tell you that, you know, Aaron Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee show. That's credit. Gronk was on FanDuel's TV up in Adams. <laughs> That's credit. All we need people to do is credit when they're blatantly thieving from us. It's Fitz and Harry. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, ESPN <laughs> Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. I don't, look, imitation. Well, maybe, maybe Gronk listened to our show, bro. I mean, Gronk, call in. Yeah. Like, that's all we're asking, big boy. Like, if you're listening to the show and you're driving around and you're like, oh, I really like that take, just, just call us and be like, hey, I appreciate let you guys. Me let, me still, got, uh, let me see if I got Gronk in my Rolodex. You got Gronk's man. number? I, relax, man. I said, let me see. I, I got to go through my phone. How book. do you, you not gotta, know? Wait, Because I, I have a lot of people in there. How do you I have not a lot know of if you have Gronk's? I got important people in my phone, too, but like, I, I, mean, you know I know me, who they are. I'm exclusive with mine. You know that. Yeah, I know that. I'm exclusive with mine, boss. I know, like, because you ain't out here giving me Gronk's number. Like, there's no group thread between me, you, and Gronk. There's no like, what's up, Big Daddy, that includes me, you, and Gronk. And I'm like, if what you... The, what? I mean, what's... Well, what's that was, up, Big Daddy? Who's I, writing that message? I, well, you, to, to Gronk. No, to the hell I me. wouldn't write like, no message to Gronk saying, what's up, Big Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I would not. <laughs> Let's get that squared away right I now. I mean, you'd be like, what, what, I, what other intro would you... Like, we're not going to do a formal Gronk I'd like to introduce. I've, I have partied with up, Gronk I may once. hit him up. What's up, player? I, How you uh, doing? Okay, player. How do you type player in tech? Like, Am I allowed? Am I just call, me, how would you spell it? How would am you spell I it? even allowed to type player? Would, I don't think how, so. How would you I think spell I get, it? I get, I get, uh, I get, this is the way I spell it. I go P L A delete, 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 man. What's up, man? Like, that's what happens. I'm not typing oh because God. otherwise, I'm play. P L A Y A? What am I? Play yeah, on? Yes, yes. You got to add the A. Yeah. He's not going to write you up, write you back if you say, what? Hey, what's up, man? <laughs> what's, up, what's up, player? Hey, what, what's what up? if I do that? What was this good one? Let what's me, up, let player? Me hear, let me hear the culture voice. Let me say it with culture. Let me hear you. Let me what hear up, you. player? Fitz from the streets. Why did you what? add Fitz from the streets? What in the hell does that have to do with anything? <laughs> this is all rogue. <laughs> I'm out in these ESPN radio streets. What do you. <laughs> what? What in the hell is going on? Oh, look, I, I think the, the imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, oh, right? And I will say this. When I first got into radio, the number of times I would suggest something and people would be like, well, this show already did that. This show already, like, you know, the number of times I'd be like, oh, we should talk about that. And somebody would say, well, that show, that's a regular feature. I, I don't know. Like, that just happens sometimes where it's like, uh, you know. I can't get over it. Yeah, uh, What's up, Blair? This fits from the streets. <laughs> What in the hell has gotten into you? So you're telling me if I hit Gronk up with fits from the streets, hey, I'm probably not getting invited to the next Gronk here's tour? Here's the thing. How do you spell streets? S-T-R-E-E-T-S. No, I mean streets. man. You got to say streets. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? Okay, so if I type fits from D-A, duh, yeah. streets, S-K-R-E-E-T-S, that's hey, going to get me a response. He going to reply. And then I'll I'll send maybe a, like a little <laughs> selfie with like two thumbs up close to my face, smiling really big. Fitz from the street. He gonna block you. Okay, that's probably <laughs> fair. I I would deserve every ounce of that. I, I, it is 
Uh, I'm not saying that he sat here and listened to us, but it certainly sounds like it because he had the same thought you did. And I, you know, I heard some of the blowback uh, even this morning listening to you on first take, and I heard Orlovsky talking about the fact. Well, he also mentioned winning Super Bowls. Okay, uh, that, that's fine. But once you come into this MVP conversation and you add extra, all he had to do is say, "Yeah, I'm fully capable of winning an MVP." If that was the question and, asked, and that, that's that all you have to say. Point though, Fitz, that was 100%. my point on first take this morning with Dan Orlovsky is saying that I understand he mentioned something about Super Bowls, but the conversation with Aaron Rodgers should always be Super Bowls. It should always be the highlight. That's the difference in my eyes between him and Tom Brady. When it comes to a guy like Tom Brady, Tom Brady is always going to be talking about Super Bowls, Super Bowls, Super Bowls, Super Bowls, the Lombardi Trophy. With Aaron Rodgers, the dark cloud over his head, majority of his career has been the individuality. And the way he talks about MVPs and the way he went through this season, the way things started out and the way he started calling out his teammates and never taking accountability for things that he may do. Tom Brady's a total different animal when it comes to that. So when you talk about MVPs with Aaron Rodgers, and I touched on a little bit of this stuff this morning, but not all our listeners watched first take this morning. So I'm going to drop it to him right now. Aaron Rodgers has won an MVP four times, right? Mm-hmm. In 2011, Fitz, they went 15-1. and one. They lost in the divisional round to the New York football Giants pretty convincingly, and that's when the Giants went on to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. In 2014, they went 12-4. They lost in the NFC Championship game to the Seattle Seahawks. 2020, 13-3. They lost in the NFC Championship game to the Bucs. And then last year, they went 13-4 and and lost to the San Francisco 49ers in the divisional round. So why do you even talk about MVPs, period? You didn't win your Super Bowl when you won the MVP of the National Football League. You, you didn't accomplish the goal that you wanted to accomplish winning the MVP, uh, winning those four MVPs that season collectively as a team goal. You didn't win the, you didn't win the Super Bowl. So why is that even in a conversation still? And quite frankly, I think once you get one, hell, you should be done talking about them anyway. Uh, the the lesson that we get so often, Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, um, the simpler you make an answer, the less that it can be dissected. So if the question is, can you still win an MVP? Yeah. If that's all the answer is, then there is no more conversation about it. But no, bro, when, even then, though, I think when people ask him, can he still win an MVP, his mindset should be, you know what, I'm not focused on winning an MVP. Even My better only answer. focus is, is winning Super Bowls and Super Bowls only. The minute you, in the process of answering it, trash the team you're on or say that you're not sure the team loves you or, you know, come in and say, well, I'm not sure I'm really committed. They're really committed to me. The minute you start asking, you add all of these extra nuances to your answer, your answer is going to be dissected more. And all all I was thinking about this morning when some, when, when the conversation turned in on first take at one point too, well, there were other portions of his answer. That's true of every single interview done of every single athlete at every single point. Yet we don't give benefit of the doubt to guys like KD when they answer their question. So I'm not going to give it to Aaron Rodgers here. Uh, we'll keep breaking it down, but there's one thing every other sport worries about. The NFL doesn't have to this weekend. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.